Today on Bold Steps, we discover what living in abundance really looks like and how to get there. The generous man will prosper, and he who waters will be watered himself. It's talking about giving to the poor, giving to people that are in need. Listen, I believe the people of God, not just when the offering plate is passed around, but I believe that the people in God should be known as generous people. Amen? Welcome to Bold Steps with Mark Job, president of Moody Bible Institute and senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. I'm Wayne Shepherd, and right now we're in a new series called Wise, Having Sense and Making Change. Getting it started, we're digging into the biblical understanding of what living in abundance really takes. Now, many of us think if only we had a better job or some special investing secret, we could finally get our finances in order. But as it turns out, there really is just one key ingredient that we have to pursue first, and that's wisdom. Mark Job has been showing us the powerful, practical effects of gaining wisdom in our lives. And if you've missed the start of this lesson, I encourage you to catch up when you can by going to our website at boldstepsradio.org. Now, let's join Mark Job as he continues with a final segment of a message titled, You Don't Have a Money Problem. Number three, wisdom leads you to save for a constantly changing future. So not only does wisdom empower you to generate and manage wealth, not only does wisdom drive you to create a financial plan for abundance, and and before I go to point number three, can I just give you a simple plan that I've been teaching you for years? Now, you can go to a Crown Financial or Peace University and learn a lot more the specifics and the, the, the techniques behind this and the and the strategy and the scriptures and so forth. But I've taught you a very simple plan from years ago. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to know this plan, but I guarantee you that if you put this plan into practice, that you will be well on your way of applying wisdom to your finances. It's a very simple plan. I call it the 10, 10, 80 plan. 10, 10, 80 Say it with me, 10, 10, 80. Say it again, 10, 10, 80. Let me start with the 80. The 80 is you live off of the 80. What does it mean? It means that you don't spend what you don't have. It means that you spend only what you have and you live within your budget. You live within 80% of the income that comes into your household. Most of us spend more than what we bring in. Most of us spend it via credit card. Most of us, well, like one person said before, we buy things that we don't need to impress people that we don't like with money that we don't have. (laughs) Honey, our neighbors just got a new car. You see this old junk? You want our old junk parked to their new car? I'm just embarrassed to drive this every time. But honey, it's paid for. Paid for or no paid for? It's just a nasty piece of car. Man, their car looks so bright and shiny over there. I heard it's only $300 a month payment. No money down for a year. 
Oh, you buy something that you don't need to impress people you don't even like with money that you don't even have. That's called discontentment. That's called greed. That's called comparison. When you use your money to try to keep up with your neighbors, it will lead you to a dead end road of indebtedness. You need to learn to live on what you have. When I first started pastoring this church, this church was very small and we were very poor. We had a small group of people and our total budget was $17,000 a year. And so they could pay me $8,000 a year. So that's what, that was my salary. I had no insurance. I had, there was no parsonage. There was no car. But I determined at, early on, I determined a couple things. Number one, I determined that I was going to live within my salary. And I determined, too, the second year that I pastored the church, that we were going to practice the 10-10-80, that we were going to give away 10% of our income beyond because the power of giving is compelling. And I remember when I talked to the, to the small congregation and said, we're going to give away 10% of what comes in, they looked at me like, what? We can barely pay our gas bill. We can't afford a pastor. We need to repair the church. And I said, we're going to give it to the mission field. And they said, we are the mission field. <laughs> How many of you have, have argued that in your household before? We can't afford to give. We are, we are, the, we, we are the children in Africa here. We can't afford to pay, feed children in Africa. We got our own little kids we got to feed here. So it's easy to not give because you think I'm the needy person. But I'm going to tell you something about that. Listen, I think it was Rockefeller that said, if I had not learned to tithe on the first $100, I would have never been able to tithe on the $10 million that I made. Because if, unless you learn to give when you have little, you will never give when you have more because there's always an excuse. But you learn to live. And I remember I had been ingrained in my parents, don't go into debt, don't go into debt. So I determined I'm not going to go into debt. And listen, I determined I'm going to live on that 80% that I had. I never went to a mechanic for years when I first started because I couldn't afford a mechanic. I led a, I led a, a guy to, the, to Christ. He was, his name was Jose. He was a Puerto Rican ex-mechanic guy. I discipled him and taught him the Bible while he worked on my car. I held the flashlight and the wrenches, and he said, let me change your alternator. So we had Bible studies over him fixing my car. Why? Because I didn't want to go into debt. I never remember buying new tires for my car ever in the beginning. Why? I couldn't afford new tires. But I was determined I'm going to live within my budget. I knew every thrift store in town. All the clothes that I bought, all the furniture that I bought, it was all thrift store. Why? I was going to live within my budget. I found all kinds of furniture in the alley. I just cleaned it up, fixed it up, painted it up, and put it in my living room. Why? Because I was going to live within my budget. When I got married, I couldn't afford bed. You know how much mattresses cost? Man, what are they made out of gold? I got married and I told my wife-to-be, hey, um, I can't afford a bed. But I do have a big living room and it's got carpet, padded carpet. For the first six months of our marriage, we had no bed. But we had a big living room. My wife afterwards said, hey, we can afford to buy a bed. I said, I kind of like the living room. You got a lot of space here. It's nice and padded. 
I slept on the living room. Why? But I stayed within my budget because my parents had taught me, don't go in debt. And I'm so happy I did not go in debt. I'm so happy that I didn't do it. Hey, how many of you know you can be very creative not to go in debt? Work at it. Find the deals. Look at it. Live on that 80%. The second part, 10, 10, 80. You live off of 80. You, get, you save 10%. So live off of 80, save 10%. I know that's very hard. Most people say, Pastor, how can I save what I don't have? How many of you have said that? I want to save. I don't have anything left to save. Can I tell you this? You need to give God something to bless. The Bible talks about a storage house. And some of you never have savings because you figure, I never have anything left over. Start with $10, $20. If you don't have a savings account right now, after you've heard this message, the first thing you need to do on Monday morning is you need to go to your bank and you need to open up a savings account. That's a savings account that you don't touch it. You put money in there, you don't touch it. Put 10 in there, put 15 in there, put 20 in there, but put something aside and ask the blessing of God to flow on that savings. Don't touch it because if you don't have a savings account, any kind of savings put aside, here's what you're doing. You're setting yourself up for debt. Your car's not going to run forever. It breaks down. Your refrigerator's not going to run forever. It breaks your furnace is going to need upkeep. Any emergency that you have is going to send you into debt unless you have a savings account and an emergency account. So start putting something aside and ask God that he would increase it and bless it. So you live off of 80, you save 10, and here's one that's going to just blow your mind away, and you give 10 away. Give 10, save 10, live on 80. Some of you are already choking on that. You say, Pastor, you want me to give 10% of my income away? I believe that part of the culture of Christianity and generosity is that we give. And if you stop giving, you dry up the sources that it's coming from. If you stop giving, you're not reflecting the culture of Jesus in your life. If you stop giving, listen, you're not living in abundance. Amen? Hey, we decided 20-some years ago when I started this church, and we, were only, we had a very small budget that we would give 10% away. Every year, we set aside 10% of whatever comes in, and we give it to home missions or international missions. So last year, we gave away at least $130,000. We just gave it away. We didn't ask. We just gave it away. We just said, yeah, we're going to give it away. For church planting and missions, we gave it away. You see, that's the way it works. You set it aside. You give, you save, you live. Now, that's working a plan. That's what it says. Hey, wisdom leads you to develop a plan. The diligent develop a plan. You're listening to Bold Steps with Mark Job. Today's message titled, You Don't Have a Money Problem. We'll get to that final half in a moment. But remember, you can always find these lessons online and catch up on anything you've missed by going to our website, boldstepsradio.org. And Mark, with a weekend just ahead, I want to make sure that everyone gets their name on the list for the special email devotional that's coming up Monday morning. Each week, you share an encouraging and timely devotional called the Bold Stepper Weekly. Yeah, the Bold Stepper Weekly is a free resource. Let me emphasize free. <laughs> you just have to sign up, and it's our way of just encouraging you on a regular basis. Devotional thought, I share about my family, my ministry, things that are happening 
In this week's, I actually talk a little bit about my family. And uh, many of you know, I have a wife that I've been married to for over three decades. Mm -hmm. She is, we've done all of our ministry together. Yeah. And she's a delight to be around, by uh, the way. She's, she's quite a woman. And uh, I have three children and uh, grown children. My daughter's a special ed teacher. My other son's a pastor. And then I have a son that's a second lieutenant in the Army. And I'm glad to say, by God's grace, that they're all following Jesus at this time. But the greatest news that we celebrate here we go all at right Christmas man I, you know I'm turning into that typical grandfather I pull out pictures my pictures in pocket right but this Christmas we actually had four grandchildren two of them are just a couple of months old and so we're celebrating that season of life. Well, the Bold Stepper Weekly is great because it gives us a glimpse into your life and your family, and I think that's wonderful, and I know listeners appreciate it too. So here we are in January. We're all trying to uh, develop some good habits. Why don't you develop the habit of getting the Bold Stepper Weekly every Monday morning? Sign up at boldstepsradio.org. By the way, there are also links there to the Bold Step Minute and to our Spanish-speaking ministry as well. So check it out, the Bold Stepper Weekly at boldstepsradio.org. All right, now, the final part of today's message about wisdom and finances. You don't have a money problem. Number three, wisdom leads you to save for constantly changing future. Proverbs 21, 20 says, The wise store up choice food and olive oil, but the fool gulps it theirs down. The Living Translation says, The wise man saves for the future, but the foolish man spends whatever he gets. Proverbs 13, 11 says, Wealth gained hastily dwindles, but whoever gathers it little by little increases. All I'm saying to you is you need to learn the power of saving. You need to learn the power of saving a storehouse. It's part of our goal as a church to give 10, save 10, live on 80. A couple years ago, we had some inspectors come into the building and they said, you need to do this electrical work, you need to do this over there, this over there. And the bills that they told us we need to do on this building came out to almost $100,000. I gulped. But because we live on the 101080, you, you, I didn't take up several offerings. We didn't say we're going to have to close the building now. Can we take up seven offerings? No, 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 no. We had savings put aside, and we, we, we paid all, all, everything that we had to do in the building, we paid it straight out of savings. Why? 10, 10, 80. Amen. Someone better get excited about that. We didn't have to take up five offerings. Number four, I'm talking about what wisdom does to your finances. Wisdom prompts you to give and keep resources flowing. So not only do you save, but wisdom also prompts you to give. Look what it says in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 7 through 10. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Here it goes now. Honor the Lord with your wealth with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled with overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits 
of all your crops. You see, what God told, taught the Jewish people is that the very first fruits that they collected of their harvest, the very first fruits they would offer it to God. And they would say, God, this is yours because you are the source of all our wealth. And we pray that you would bless all the rest of our harvest and our crops. It's the first fruits principle. It was taught before the law, during the law, in the New Testament, and the New Testament teaches the concept of tithing. Tithing means that you take of the first that God blesses you with, and you give it to God, and you say, God, I'm giving it to you. This is a sign of me honoring you and saying, Lord, you are the generator of all my wealth. I give it first to you to honor you, to declare, to trust you. I give it first to you. It's the tithes and offerings. I've been practicing this since I was 20 years old and very, very poor in the beginning. And I can guarantee you this is the way it works. If you make little money, you say, I make so little I can't afford to tithe. If you're making 15000 a year, you say, if I only made twenty-five, then I would give. When you make 25, you say, if I only made 35, I would start giving. If you make 35, you say, if I made 45, then I could tithe. If you made 45, then you say, if I made 65, then I would tithe. Then when you're making 85, you say, well, the tithe is a lot. I can't afford to give that. You see, here's the thing. I believe that no matter what your circumstances in life, you need to begin to operate in a mode where you give God first some. The first of your increase. Some of you need to do automated giving. I started doing that last year. I love it. I have it automatically set up so that when my paycheck comes in, the very first place that receives a tithe is New Life Community Church. It's automatically set up. Boom. I get paid every two weeks, and, and as soon as I get paid, my tithe goes to the church. Why? I want to make sure God receives first of any other bill before I pay anything else, gas bills, school bills, mortgage, car. I want God to receive it first, and I say, God, you are the source of all of my income. I honor you first with it. Some of you need to learn that principle. Amen? But not only generosity in the house of God, I believe that generosity extends beyond the house of God. Look what it says in Proverbs. I think we need to be known as generous people. Proverbs 21, 26 says, All day long he craves for more, but the righteous gives without sparing. Proverbs 3, 27 says, Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it's in your power to do it. Proverbs eleven twenty four 24 to 25 says, There is one who scatters and yet increases more. And there is one who withholds what is justly due and yet it results in only one. The generous man will prosper, and he who waters will be watered himself. It's talking about giving to the poor, giving to people that are in need. Listen, I believe the people of God, not just when the offering plate is passed around, but I believe that the people in God should be known as generous people. Amen? The Bible says in Proverbs 22, verse 9, He who is generous will be blessed. For he gives some of his food to the poor. Can I just tell you something? Next time you go into a restaurant and you're with a bunch of new life people, don't go in and talk to the waitress about Jesus and give her an invitation to the church unless you're going to give her a good tip. I don't want you to talk to her about Jesus, invite her to the church, and then leave her a dollar tip when you have a $50 bill. 
Because what it says is those people are stingy. If you're going to talk to her about Jesus, tell, don't tell her you're from New Life if you're not going to live her a tip. You know, just don't, don't, don't say it. I don't want me coming next time and say, oh, yeah, I heard about that church. Man, they're stingy there. Hey, if you're going in there and you're going to eat, give a generous tip because the people of God are generous. They flow in generosity to those people that are in need. And there's some single mom trying to, trying to pay her rent with three kids as a waitress, working her tail off, trying to make a living, and she depends off of the tips that she's paid $4 an hour and depends off of the tips that people give her, and we're stealing from her salary if she's been a good waitress. And all the waitresses and waitresses in here say, Amen. Amen. And number five, and lastly, I'm going to close with this. Wisdom drives you to get out of debt that entraps you. Proverbs 22.7 says, The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is a servant to the lender. If you're in debt today, you are feeling some sort of servitude to whoever you've lent to. Proverbs 37.21 says, The wicked borrow and do not repay, but the righteous give generously. Romans 13, verse 8 says, Give everyone what is due him. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. Let no debt remain outstanding. Some of you need to do a war on debt. You need to say, I will not continue to live my life in debt. Some of you need to rip up some of your credit cards and shred them. Some of you need to say, I will make double payments when I can, but I will make it a goal to get out of debt because when I'm in debt, I become a slave. God wants you to be free, not a slave. Amen? I believe that it's God's will for you to get out of debt. I believe it. I don't believe it's God's will for you to be in debt, especially in consumer debt. Now, I know you can't go off and pay your house mortgage. You can't buy a house with cash right away. Most of our debt that I'm talking about is consumer debt, stuff that you put on a credit card that you wear, you eat, you utilize, it devalues. You need to make a war on debt and say, I will get out of debt, so help me God, because it is the will of God for me to be debt free. You're listening to Mark Job on Bold Steps, his message titled, You Don't Have a Money Problem. Such a relevant and eye-opening lesson for our world today. We really are surrounded by marketing and messaging that encourages a debt-centered lifestyle. Mark, this is, this is really a problem for us. It really is. And Wayne, let me say that over the years, I've had family after family, couple after couple, individuals come up to me and say, I started listening to your teaching on finances, mm -hmm. and it's taken me three years or five years or two years, but I'm debt-free. And they talk to me about the power of feeling... Uh, not under bondage, uh, being able to live out what God has called them to do, the less stress that's on their marriage, uh, the ability to be more free to do what God has called them to do. So I want you to know this is about finances, but it's more about your spirituality mm -hmm. than it is 
about your finances. Good word. Thank you, Mark. We are almost at the end of January already, and I want to make sure our listeners don't miss out on our special Bold Step gift available. Going along with today's priority of taking real steps towards our goals and being prepared for what the future may hold, we've got this devotional book that will guide us in doing just that by our mutual friend, Joe Stoll. So we're at the end of January, and this promotion is running out soon, but we are offering Strengths for the Journey by Joe Stoll, a daily devotional through this entire year. I think that can jumpstart your year, get you into the Word of God, and we would love to get this into your hands as soon as possible. We really would to request your copy of Strength for the Journey. Give a donation of any amount. Just go online to boldstepsradio.org or give us a call at 844-615-7363. That's 844-615-7363. You can also send your gift and request the book through the mail. Address your envelope to Bold Steps, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. Once again, that's 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. And did you know that you can also hear these messages anytime, anywhere you go by subscribing to the Bold Steps podcast on your phone or mobile device. Just open up your podcast app and search for Bold Steps with Dr. Mark Job. Don't forget to click the subscribe button and leave that review or comment to help other listeners learn more about the program. And then over the weekend, we invite you to join us for our sister program, Bold Steps Weekend, airing on your local station or available online at boldstepsweekend.org. I'm Wayne Shepherd, encouraging you to join us Monday when Mark begins the next message in our series on wisdom. It's titled, The Pie is Bigger Than You Think, and it's a message you won't want to miss. So listen Monday to Bold Steps with Mark Job. Bold Steps is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.